before Jesus begins his ministry, he is baptized by John, touched by the Spirit, and identified publicly as God's child. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the third chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I invite you to be seated. Let us pray. Gracious God, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. And take our hearts and set the fire of the Holy Spirit in them. Amen. In the last couple of weeks, a friend of mine told me that he and his children were watching the Vikings football game together. One of his sons had noticed and commented on the tattoos of many of the players. My friend said it opened up a wonderful conversation for them. He told his children that most tattoos that people have on their bodies have a story that go with them. I do not know about you, if you have a tattoo or several or none at all, but in my experience, if you ask someone the story of their tattoos, most love to tell those stories. This conversation got me thinking about those Minnesota Vikings and their tattoos. I looked up online to see if I could find out anything more, and lo and behold, there it was for the taking on vikings.com, a video series from a couple of years ago called Purple Ink that talked about the stories behind the players' tattoos. Tight end Kyle Rudolph not only has the names of his twin boys, Anderson and Finley, on his chest, but across his right shoulder blade he has his wedding date in Roman numerals. He also has a full-sleeve tattoo that he explains as meaning like father, like son. In the video, he says, this is not only about my dad and me, but also about my faith, our father, and that I am his child. On another video, Everson Griffin, defensive end, shares about his tattoos. 
He says all have special meaning to them. His mother passed away about seven years ago. On top of his heart, it says, Mama's boy. He also has some ink with his son Grayson's name and a rosary. And it says, and he says, I pray my kids know what has been promised to them. So now back to my friend, my wise friend, starting this conversation with his children about how tattoos have special meaning. I was thinking about how on a day when the Bible passages read are about Christ's baptism and about being called child of God, that we also remember our own baptisms and being called by name, by God. When those splashes of water were placed upon our foreheads, we too were tattooed by God. It might not be like an ink tattoo, but still, it has special meaning for us. We are marked with the cross of Christ in our lives forever. It is like the baptismal waters marked us with the name Beloved across our heart. And oh my goodness, what a story that is to tell others. And why is there a story to tell about baptism, an event that happened for many of us before we were even capable of remembering that event firsthand? When Jesus was baptized and the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove, a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Beloved. What a beautiful word. To be beloved is to be adored. To be beloved is to be cherished, to be treasured. This is the promise in our baptism. It is first an act of God, God claiming us as God's very own, a beloved child, and then God declaring to us, simply because we belong to God, that God is well pleased with us. Now that is a story to tell, that I and that you are beloved by God and that God is pleased with us. But is this the story that we always remember to tell ourselves? Most of us have another story that runs in our heads. Sometimes we call it the inner dialogue, monologue, the track that tells us what a failure we are and how people are only pretending to like us. You know the one that says you are not attractive enough or talented enough, or clever enough, or intelligent enough, or powerful enough, or successful enough to be beloved. Even John the Baptist had these same thoughts. In today's Gospel reading, when John came, Jesus came to John to be baptized, John tried to prevent it from happening. In the Gospel of Mark, John says, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy enough to stoop down and untie his sandals. Life can indeed 
pulled with it joy and laughter and wonderful conversations and friendships. And right alongside it, life can bring with it loss and disappointment and sleepless nights and an inner certainty that no matter what we do, no matter how hard we try, we are certain we are not good enough. Which is why we need to reread and reread the words said at our baptisms to counter the inner critic, to counter the story the world tells us that to be truly beloved, we have to possess something. Money, house, good looks, perfect children, you name it. We tell this baptism story over and over to counter that story. The story of baptism is not only a story that we belong to God and are beloved by God, it is a story that we belong to each other and that we are a part of a larger story of God's presence in the world. This week I read about a pastor, Deborah Samuelson, and she shared about a theme that her congregation used for Lent at her church several years ago. They wanted their people to, rem to remember their baptisms and the difference between being baptized can make in our day-to-day -day lives. Months prior that at her church, they had a conversation with a couple of their congregation's talented artists, and an idea came forth about creating a baptismal font for Lent that would somehow be interactive. They ran with it, but Deborah says, it ended up a little bigger than the original plan. She'd been thinking it would be a nice little fountain with some water that would be running and would maybe splash around and draw people's attention. But when the congregation entered the church that first Wednesday evening in Lent, they discovered a huge 10 by 10 foot box with two and a half foot high cement walls with three uncovered pipes sticking up about five feet from the bottom. Around the sanctuary were chunks of limestone on flats, left over from landscaping jobs because they were not the right size or they were not the right color or not the right shape for their original purpose. Each one of them with a round hole drilled through the middle of it. Following the worship service, the congregation was instructed to line up and take pieces of the limestone, pass each one down the line, and they were put on those pipes until the pipe was covered to the top with limestone pieces. What people had not realized, she said, was that those pipes were water pipes. And when the water was turned on, water started trickling out of those pipes and over those stones that were not good enough, perfectly shaped or perfectly colored. And these leftover stones that had been rejected from various jobs now stacked together in community and with water sprinkling over them became a beautiful fountain that screamed, Beloved. 
Those stones were the people. They are us who sometimes feel rejected because we do not measure up and yet are chosen to be a part of something big and beautiful, just as God had chosen us in our baptism to be part of God's kingdom, a member of God's family. Can you not just imagine that fountain? We're watching the water run over the stones as God's love running over in the waters of our baptisms, washing over our lives, bathing us in love. That's the story of our baptisms. That's a story worth telling over and over again. That is a tattoo that says, like father, like child of God. And the prayer that God must say every day, I pray my kids know what has been promised to them. The joy of forgiveness, of mercy, of grace, of being loved beyond comparison. For this we give thanks to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, you know how hard life can be. We thank you for the community, the body of Christ, where we are reminded of your boundless love for us in your word, in the ripples of waters in baptism. Use us as your living word in this world to reach out, to cherish others as we are cherished, to work for what we are called to do, to trust you to proclaim your Son, Christ, through word and deed, to care for others in the world you have made, and to work for justice and peace. Amen.